fast forward to 2010 when I was considering various options of what business I should be getting into, I found this more appealing only because I was connecting with people, I was helping them. Definitely I'm getting paid for my uh, services, but at the end of the day, I'm really helping a person with his or her life. And uh, that is really appealing to me. So that's what brought me into this space. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I'm a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to another live recording of the Nursing Home Podcast, the nursing the podcast that you come to learn and and hear real factual and actionable information um, about senior care and about this industry. Uh, we'd like to believe this information that you do not hear anywhere else on the internet. You're hearing this from people who live and breathe the senior care world and are here to give you real information that you can use and apply um in real life so today on the nursing home podcast we have uh, our guest is sam gopinathan sam is the ceo of new wave home care and has been in this space for quite some time sam welcome to the nursing home podcast thank you thank you for having me on your show it's a pleasure having you on and we definitely have a lot to cover I'm looking forward to getting into that so a lot of p- people ask you know, how am I going to pay for a senior care? Um, how expensive is it going to be? And is it really true that if I have a long-term care insurance policy, um, that it's going to help me out? Now, I actually skipped here. So let me, just before we do that, I actually want, Sam, if you don't mind taking a moment um, and sharing with the listeners a little bit about your background and how you got into doing what you're doing today, and then we'll get right back to long-term care insurance. Thank you. Um, I have a very uh, different background uh, I, you know, I'm a mechanical engineer, uh, worked in uh, Fortune 500 companies for a good part of my life. And um, I lost my job in the last recession in uh, 2009. And uh, I couldn't even apply for a new job because there was no um, you know, job opportunities available at that time. So rather than waiting for opportunities to come your way, um, I decided, you know, to create my own opportunity, and here we are. So we started our business in 2010. So we have so far completed 12 years and uh, almost uh, closing in on the 13th year. We'll be completing that by April of next year. It's been a tremendous journey. We learned a lot um, because I, like I said, I did not have any healthcare background, which actually really helped me because I did not come with any set expectations, set knowledge. You know, I was more open to what the realities of the marketplace was. And that's the reason why we have been able to provide a different level of care, a superior, superior level of care. And we are closing in on 2 million hours of care since the inception of the company now. Wow. Wow. 
That is phenomenal. Congratulations. And to the next two million. Um, amazing, amazing. Um, so I guess my first question is, um, before we even get back to what we started, is why healthcare from uh, mechanical engineering? Could have done anything. A very personal story. Uh, I was visiting India when uh, a tsunami happened. This was in 2004. And I ended up volunteering. I have a, a spiritual mother. If you look at the picture in my background, that's the picture of my spiritual mother. So I was at her place, uh, which was close on the beach, around the villages of uh, my spiritual mother's uh, ashram. Almost about 1,500 people had died. And I was volunteering to help. Um, we were distributing food at that time, almost about 3,000 meals twice a day, 3,500, something like that. And I was in the food distribution. One day, my spiritual mother, she, we call her Amma, she asked me, so what are you doing? I said, I'm in the food distribution. You know, there are about hundreds of people queuing up at each of the distribution point and uh, I'm, you know, putting food on the plates. She looked very disappointed. And she said, if that is what you're doing, I don't want you to do it. Uh, I was like, did I do something wrong? She then looked at me and said, you speak the local language, don't you? And that's when the light bulb goes off in my uh, brain. I was just mechanically serving food. I was not actually connecting with them. I was not talking to them. So the next day when I went out, I really started talking to them. And that's when the local uh, folks, they started sharing what they went through, what their family went through, how much uh, you know, they lost, their families they lost, and all those details. And it was so uh, powerful. Just talking to them was therapeutic. And now serving food became a secondary uh, uh, activity that I was doing. And since that point, when I came back, I really was looking for changing my line of profession where my personal values and my professional values are aligned in the same direction. So Fast forward to 2010 when I was considering various options of what business I should be getting into. I found this more appealing only because I was connecting with people, I was helping them. Definitely I'm getting paid for my uh, services, but at the end of the day, I'm really helping a person with his or her life. And uh, that is really appealing to me. So that's what brought me into this space. Well. Wow, I'm more than a bargain for there. There's, there's a, a remarkable story and it makes a lot of sense why you would want to do this. And just a simple, you could do the exact same action um, and just by connecting with them, it completely transformed their experience and your experience. Um, it, it seems like it transformed your entire life and your business. By that, like I said, light bulb moment and that shift from I'm giving people food and I could be ignoring them. It's not me, it's somebody else. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that itself is, is a tremendous accomplishment. But then I could give them a food with a smile and listen to whatever they have to say. And that just kind of takes it a whole next level. And the truth is you have the same thing in healthcare providers. There are healthcare providers that will just give the medication and the treatments and document and do whatever they need to do, like taking food and, you know, slamming it down on plates, which is, <laughs> which is the great thing. Yeah, yeah. The day they're providing healthcare and they're keeping these people healthy, but 
But then there's, it's not just bedside manner, but the bedside manner is a piece of it, but it's also um, ensuring that there's, that there's a connection. Um, besides for the medical advantages, right? Um, mm -hmm. You may discover things that you don't even realize that are important just because there's a relationship um, with a person, but all, that's, you know, it's very therapeutic both ways. Like you said, it was therapeutic for both people on both sides of the equation. So that, that is, Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Um, so now, so you, so you, so 2010, so you decided to go into the home care business, right? So you started, um, you started the home care business. And I assume one of the things that come up is, well, what do we do? Well, why does somebody want home care is because, you know, a parent, a loved one can no longer care for themselves. And the family member is not able, capable or willing to do it themselves, so they need to bring someone else to do it. But many times the question is going to be, well, what about um, what about payment? Isn't that too expensive? Who has you know a hundred thousand dollars sitting in a bank account or more um, just you know for with, for this expense? So tell me a little bit about long-term care insurance, why we should have, why we shouldn't have it, and how does that play a role in home care? Definitely. I mean, long-term long -term care insurance or LTCI, that's the only instrument, uh, only insurance product out there that is going to pay for your care needs. I make a joke of it when I, I normally say this because Medicare, if you take that into consideration, they only pay for the medical part of it or the MEDI part of it. They don't pay for the care part of it. So the second half they forgot and that's covered only by the long-term care insurance. Now, there are some new products coming out through the Medicare Advantage. Some companies are beginning to explore in that direction. And uh, so hopefully in future, there'll be more options available. But right now, if you didn't save for the care, this is the only instrument out there that will pay for the care. So I highly recommend it that everyone uh, should consider, not just for your aging parents, but for yourself too. And if you're all getting there at some point or the other, better start early. If we're lucky. Yes. Right. If we're lucky. You just mentioned a lot of other people then, you know, wish they would have this problem. And unfortunately, you know, they perish from a tragic incident. So, yeah, if we're fortunate enough, then we have, this is a good problem to have. Um, so, so let's break it down a little bit. So um, you mentioned that there's health and then there's care. And the health part, there's insurance. I like how you split that up. Um, the health part, there's insurance. You may have Medicare, you may have other insurances that are going to cover like a more acute event. If something happens, if somebody is in a hospital, then they get discharged to a nursing home. And there's still some, they need aggressive therapy. They need certain medications, IV uh, medications, a trach or a vent. Um, skilled care. So then there are there are many other things that are, that cover that. But then once they're done, generally, um, many people stay in the nursing home. They try to get onto Medicaid. Um, but that in order to be on Medicaid, you have to have less than two thousand dollars in assets, and you know try to figure out how to do that. Um, some if someone's really that poor, then great. Um, if not, then you have to spend down or figure a way to become eligible. Um, but otherwise, they're paying privately. Now, if they go home with care, um, so, yeah, at home, they may not need the health piece because they may be stable enough to be home, but they're going to have to hire um, an aide. Well, let's back up here. How much care is actually provided 
um, generally by a home health company or if you want to tell me your company specifically? And what is the relationship between how much it would cost out of pocket versus having long-term care insurance? And it doesn't matter when you purchase the long-term care insurance. Right. So our service is normally uh, at the minimum level of service that we can, or I should call it the entry level of service. Uh, we provide four hours of care. So that's the lowest we can uh, okay. go. So the caregivers, they can help you um, with basic things around the house. A lot of times when people are getting discharged from the hospital and that's just the help they need, they may not need a lot of personal care at that point, but they need somebody to help with the basic things like uh, getting a meal preparation, uh, you know, giving them a shower, uh, such things. So our services go all the way from four hours a day to 24 hours a day, depending upon what the client needs are. In a lot of cases, actually, we see uh, having the right amount of care early enough can significantly save a lot of uh, expenses down the line. Most times what happens is not having the level of care initially, uh, it leads to falls, it leads to other uh, situations, mm -hmm. which translated now that uh, person needs a lot more care as compared to having a certain level of care in the early stages. And um, I forget to say, I mean, can you repeat the second part of the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other part of the question is as far as payment is concerned. So it's true. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so the payment part of it, uh, about 80, 85% of our client payments are paid by uh, private uh, funds or, you know, the from the savings of the person, uh, retirement savings, whatever it is. About 15% of the clients have long-term care insurance. Now, depending upon the type of policy that one has, you can get almost up to 100% of the expenses paid. So, for example, if you choose a policy which pays $300 a day or $500 a day, so your expense is up to $500 per day, it is covered by the long-term care insurance. Uh, you need to pay attention to the parameters that you're choosing. It's, the policy is only as good as what you are including in the policy. So I normally give a lot of advice, uh, even though I don't sell long-term care insurance policies, I normally help a potential uh, you know, uh, person understand what are important. Another factor that is very important is the elimination period. You don't want to choose a significantly high elimination period of 90 days or 360 days or whatever it is. Elimination period means, you know, if you choose 30 days elimination period for the first 30 days, it is out of pocket expense. And on completion of the 30 days, now the program that you have purchased will start paying for it. So it's very important uh, to limit the elimination period. Uh, the other factor that is important also is the cost of living adjustment. You can get policies that goes up in value 5% every year, which is important because the time when you're purchasing the policy compared to when you're actually going to need the benefits of the policy, you're looking at about 20, 30 years down the line. So what looks attractive like $500 or $1,000 today may not look as attractive 25, 30 years down the line. So you want a program that goes up in value 
3%, 5% every year. Pay attention to those details. You have a good program in hand. And my suggestion always is, even if it doesn't pay for 100% of your care cost, 50%, 70%, it's still significantly helpful in paying for at least some part of your expenses or most part of your expenses. Got it. Um, question is how, uh, you mentioned this is an elimination uh, period. So I assume the goal is they, they want you to pay something out of pocket initially. And, mm -hmm. and see the importance, obviously, of eliminating or, or eliminating the elimination period or limiting the elimination period to get that as well. Um, how soon before the care? Is there like an amount of time that you can't use it for 10 years? Like otherwise, if someone's 80 years old in a nursing home, could they buy long term care insurance and then go home and use it? Obviously not, because there wouldn't be any insurance. So how does that work? In theory, there is no limiting time. But let's say uh, it is almost practically impossible for somebody who is already 80 years to get a policy right now. Uh, the underwriters, they'll be looking at what the risk exposure for offering a policy is. Depending on that is how the opportunity or the possibility of getting a, uh, in a policy that helps you. So that's the reason why I always recommend for you to consider having something maybe around the age of 50, uh, you should consider having a long-term care insurance to uh, support you at a future date. Uh, the longer you wait, the cost, the premium can significantly go up. And also, you may not actually get any policy if you go much further down the line. So, okay. So, as opposed to a life insurance policy, where a life insurance policy, once a person hits a certain age, it's not as important. Um, to have the life insurance, right? If someone is is 30 years old or 40 years old and they still have kids that were 50 and they have responsibilities, so if that person, God forbid, passes away young, then who's going to take care of his family? So, yeah, so he needs to have, so he or she needs to have something in place. If someone's 80 years old and his children are already adults and grandchildren maybe, and they don't need, they're not relying on them anymore financially, then it's less important. So it's okay. If I'm 50 years old and I buy a policy for 20 years, then by the time I'm 70, I don't really care about it. This is the opposite. This is the longer it goes on, the more um, the more important it is. So, so I guess a couple of things. So if you buy a policy, do you get locked in? Let's say it's a 20-year policy, a 30-year policy, a 10-year policy. And, and what you can give um, myself and the listeners and viewers um, a general idea. I know this is not your thing. I'm going a little too much here. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Um, are we talking $100 a year, a month, $1,000? Uh, what's ballpark? What, what does it look like? And I know there's a million variables. I'll give you, I'll make it easy. A 50-year-old, right? You said someone around 50 years old, right? That's what you recommend. They should get long-term care insurance. They want to get it now, and they want to be able to use it, I guess, for whenever they need it. Ballpark, what are they looking at? I can give my own example. You know, I'm, I'm 57 right now, and uh, I took the policy when I was um, 48 years old, uh, 47 years old. I uh, took this policy, and I, uh, for my wife and I, we pay about um, five grand a year. That's on the higher side because I chose a policy where I don't have to pay the premiums past the age of 65. 
So a lot of my premiums are front ended, um, so to speak. Roughly about uh, $350 a day uh, with 5% compounding every year. That's the kind of program I took. So that gives you some idea, but uh, you also um, uh, spoke about the life insurance. Um, it is a good uh, option to have because now they are offering life insurance with a long-term care rider in it. So what that means is if you get a policy for you, so let's say you buy a, a policy for about a couple of million dollars and with the long-term care rider, you can use those funds to pay for your own care rather than uh, the previous arrangement where only the beneficiaries benefit in the event of death. So upon, upon the, so if the insured dies, then that's when his care kicks in? You don't need care? No, when, if, if the insured passes away uh, in, in the life insurance, then the beneficiaries are going to get the benefit of whatever the life insurance right. policy pays for. Now, there are life insurance uh, policies, what they offer with long-term care rider. So in this case, the policyholder themselves can benefit from the program. At what point? At any point when they need the care, they can uh, ask for the money from their own policy rather than waiting till they pass away and the beneficiaries get the money. Let's say if I buy a policy for myself with long-term care rider in my life insurance, that will help pay for my own care. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so as opposed to someone coming into this stage in life for themselves or a loved one with nothing, and then they're a deer in the headlights because, oh my gosh, dad who's 80 years old or whatever it is, does not have more than $20,000 in the bank or, you know, that's going to run out pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, this is this is obviously a much better solution. Um, there's a, there's a, um, I, I see from what you submitted that you want to talk about a trusted ring of advisors. Can you tell us what that is and why is it important to have that? It is very important uh, because when we are younger, uh, we are capable of taking decisions for ourselves, planning for ourselves. Uh, we are in charge of our own life at that uh, stage. As one ages, you're not 100% yourself. You depend uh, on others taking decisions for you. It's very important for you to have your, your own trusting of advisors, which could be your CPA, it could be a care manager. Now in California, we have this uh, professionals called fiduciaries. Mm -hmm. uh, so a private professional fiduciary, care manager, CPA, your wealth manager, any one of them could be your trusted ring of in the trusted ring of advisors these are professionals whom you are giving authority to take proper decisions for you it could be the trustee for your trust um, basically you are telling them ahead of time what you want at an uh, you know at that stage how you want to be treated and what are the details the instructions so that they can follow through on that we come across a lot of people with uh, dementia, for example, they're not able to think for themselves. They're not able to take decisions for themselves. You really want to empower somebody ahead of time with your wishes correctly expressed so that they can take care of you when the time comes. 
Got it. So you're mentioning specifically professionals. What about trusted family members or community members? Trusted family members, definitely, uh, you know, you can include them. Um, I look at it from a different angle, too. Let's say, for example, if I have a um, certain wish that I don't want to be put on life support, it'll be hard for my children to take the decision to pull the plug, even though that's what I want. Mm -hmm. So I consider uh, for such reasons to have a professional in place rather than um, putting it on the family member. They might comply with your uh, expectations requirements, but you know you can make it easier on your family members by having a professional take care of that aspect for you. Got it, got it. Right, as opposed to, so the problem, I mean, we're working this backwards, but the problem, like you mentioned briefly, is that the experience is that someone comes in there and they have dementia, and now we have to try to figure out everything from financial to medical, and a lot of times you can end up in court and court-appointed, you know, guardians, mm -hmm. and all sorts of medical and financial and, I guess, moral or, you know, uh, decisions are being made for them. At, at, at best, these are best guess, um, you know, of what the person would want based on whatever criteria that they're using. But it's definitely the person's not there and able to express it. So, obviously, if you can get that done ahead of time... Um, you know, that, that definitely is something that is extremely beneficial. Now, I know this was relevant, like I mentioned before, you know, I was researching this a little bit. Um, what, is the, what, what is the downside or is there a downside of going with a private uh, caregiver at home as opposed to a company? You know, someone in the, in, in the community who's able to provide a certain level of support, they have capacity to do so. They may be like kind of related, meaning uh, and somehow associated with the patient, which may make it like a, the, the, the thought process is they know them well, so they, and they can understand them. And they also will be either free or much more affordable than bringing in a home health company. Is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? And why? It's the riskiest decision you can take. Okay. Bad idea. Um, it's Why? a really bad. It's a really bad idea. We come across a lot of unfortunate uh, situations. Um, one of my clients from the past, uh, she used to have a housekeeper who later became her caregiver. The client uh, had developed um, Alzheimer's. Of course, the client didn't know she had Alzheimer's, and the caregiver now started taking advantage of this client. Almost about quarter million dollars was taken out of the bank before the family realized what was going on. Yes, wow. this person was caught uh, in a put in jail, but the restitution was $25 a month till the amount is paid off. I mean, which is which is a joke. You're, not, you're never going to see that Five money. Dollars. $25 a month restitution till... So it takes 400 years for the money to come back. Okay. So the restitution itself is a joke. It's not going to happen, right? Once the money is gone, it's gone. Uh, you can put the person in jail, but what are you going to do for paying for your own or uh, you know, uh, uh, golden years? You have bills to pay. You have the caregivers to pay for. You have other details you have to pay for. Once the money is gone, it's gone. So, And also, uh, here in California, we come across a lot of situations where uh, if you're employing somebody privately, you are the employer on records. 
And there's a lot that comes with it, lawsuits. Uh, family gets sued by the caregiver that they were not paid correctly uh, per the prevailing wages and things like that, lost wages. Families have lost north of $100,000 on lawsuit. Another factor that is very important is the background checking. Uh, for an agency like ours, we have to do a life scan, fingerprint, uh, background check at the FBI level. When you're hiring somebody privately, you don't have the ability to do that level of background check. So you don't know uh, if you're hiring a felon to take it off you. Possibly you are. You're running that risk. So hiring caregivers privately, I do not recommend that. Uh, definitely there is the attraction of you don't have to pay as much as you're going to pay for the agency. That is true. But then you're exposing yourself to a significant amount of risk by going private. So I guess my question is that if all that is true is if you're hiring a stranger who's now part of a, a company, so obviously you have the support of the company. The company takes the, uh, you know, like you said, the background checks and you know that you're not bringing a felon into your home and someone who's trained um, and someone's not going to take advantage, someone who reports back to a superior and if they see changes in condition and all that. But let's say you have someone who's a family member, maybe a spouse, maybe a child, uh, someone very close who's choosing the, and I've seen this in from my nursing home days, um, mm -hmm. they'll choose to give up their job and they're going to become a full-time caregiver because this is what dad would have wanted or was able to express and said, you know, I would love for you to do that. And that's what they do full-time. There's no risk of, no financial risk. They're not running away um, anywhere uh, with their money. They're not taking advantage of them. If they're a felon, they've been living with the felon for many years already. <laughs> <laughs> so, my, from, but strictly from a care standpoint, um, obviously most people can't do that. So it's not as relevant. Most people just can't stop their life and become a caregiver. I mean, it may depend on how much care is needed, but is there a downside in doing that as well? And, you know, you know, if you can, if you can get uh, a family member to give uh, care for your loved one, um, that is actually the best way of doing it um, to some extent. And I will uh, explain what I mean by that. Spouse providing care for the other, you know, um, the husband providing care for the wife, or the wife providing care for the husband, which is in theory good, but you got to remember. Um, your spouse is not getting younger and if you don't uh, do it correctly, if you don't uh, try to balance your life correctly, you can get injured in, in the process. Let's say an 80-year-old wife trying to transfer her husband from the bed to the wheelchair. You're going to hurt yourself in the process. Physically, it may be difficult, almost impossible for you to do that. That's one consideration. The other part of it is the emotional um, weight of doing it. The physical aspect, let's say the son and the daughter taking care of dad or mom, that's what for centuries we had done for our uh, culture, which is definitely the right way to do it. Today, the life is different. We have our own life to take care of. We had to take care of our own families. Plus, we, now we had to take care of dad and mom. And 
you know, the sandwich generation has to juggle around a lot of details to get to that point. Plus the emotional stress of doing it. My recommendation in such situation is the family to do at least some part of the care and then have caregivers to uh, provide you some respite to the whole process. So that's a healthy, balanced approach. And then as the care needs increase, you can change the percentage to have more of the uh, caregivers to provide the care. The family is still available in the background to support as needed. Amazing. Amazing. No, that definitely uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense as far as finding the right balance. I guess a lot of it is about finding the right balance. I just see that we're, we've gone already over time. Um, you've shared quite a bit um, about this industry, and I appreciate you sharing so generously on the podcast. Um, if our listeners want to learn more about you and your company, where's the best place to send them? You can always reach out to me through our website. Uh, it is www.newwavehomecare, N-E-W-W-A-V-E-H-O-M-E-C-A-R-E, newwavehomecare.com. Or you can always call me directly at 888-385-9898. Okay. 888-385-9898. Amazing. Uh, we'll definitely put the contact information um, in the show notes of uh, the episode once this goes live on the podcast. Um, any final thoughts um, or about this world of home health that you think that might be worth sharing before we let you go for today? You know, uh, be involved, choose the right partner, and stay involved. Uh, as a family, it is always the right thing to do, stay involved in the care of your loved ones. The professionals may be good, uh, they may be uh, trustworthy, but it's your loved ones to stay involved. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.